pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time this morning that you have ordained. Lord, since the beginning of time, you established this pattern of six days of work and one day of rest, one day per week that you have set aside and called holy as a day of worship and rest. And so, Lord, I just pray that on this day of worship and rest that that we would find that Sabbath rest, that we would find that refreshment for our souls uh, that we find in your word. And so, God, I I just pray uh, that you would bless this time that we have to spend in your word this morning, Lord, that you would use it to just strengthen and upbuild us in your faith as we seek to follow after Jesus. And we pray all this in his name and all God's people said, amen. Well, folks, we have uh, officially entered into the year 2019, so Happy New Year. Um, And uh, being that it is the first Sunday of the new year, if you're here this morning, give yourself a little pat on the back because that means you have perfect attendance for 2019. Hey, that's a a great way to start the year. Uh, So let's keep it rolling. Um, So, you know, obviously, uh, one of the things that that a lot of people do at the the beginning of a new year is uh, make resolutions. Um, So just out of curiosity, uh, how many people made uh, resolutions this year? Anybody make resolutions? All right, so we got a few people made some resolutions this year. All right, now be honest, uh, how many people have already broken at least one of those resolutions if you made a resolution? Hey, all right, I'm not alone. Um, <laughs> so, I've, you know, I've never really been great at, uh, at keeping New Year's resolutions myself, uh, so I understand the struggle. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm so bad at keeping New Year's resolutions that a while back I decided uh, that instead of waiting until the beginning of a new year to make changes to my life, I would just make them whenever God laid something on my heart, because if I can't make one change today, I likely won't be able to make multiple changes at the beginning of a new year. Uh, I made one such change in uh, November of 2017 when I decided that I needed to start uh, working out on a regular basis. Uh, Being a pastor is is definitely not the most physically demanding job, and my waistline was starting to uh, show evidence to that fact. Uh, so I, I bought a, a gym membership and, and started going, you know, two to three days per week. Um, and uh, I figured out that if I, I went early in the morning, um, I'd pretty much have the whole gym to myself. Uh, and that was true until about January 3rd, 2018, when I walked in one morning to find a bunch of new people had mysteriously appeared out of nowhere. Uh, and just as mysteriously as they appeared, they mysteriously disappeared about three weeks later. Why? (laughs) Because keeping New Year's resolutions is hard. Um, And and I I think one of the reasons that a lot of New Year's resolutions are are often short-lived is is because they're, they're often focused on improving ourselves and our lives here and now. Um, and, and while there's nothing wrong with, with seeking to improve your immediate circumstances in life, you know, whether it's your health or your finances or your relationships, uh, I think it's also important to take a step back uh, when the new year arrives to look at the things that are driving us at a deeper level. You know, the, the larger choices uh, that we make on a daily basis, oftentimes without even realizing it. Um, about where we find our hope, 
our identity, our purpose, and even our security in life. Uh, because the, the truth is, who you are is a net result of the choices that you have made, both big and small. Uh, in each situation you find yourself in on a daily basis is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to either make the right choice or the wrong choice. And, and oftentimes the, those smaller choices we make are influenced by these larger choices that we make oftentimes without even realizing it. Um, so that's going to be the purpose of this four-week sermon series that we're going to be beginning uh, this January, uh, is just to step back and look at these larger choices we make, which have the power to shape who we are at a core level. And the choice I'd like to talk about today is the choice between purpose and prosperity. Each of us faces this choice because it has to do with what we pursue or, or the force that drives us in our life. And, and when it comes to what drives you, you can usually either choose to pursue your own prosperity or you can choose to pursue God's purpose for your life. And that one choice will shape all the rest of the choices that you make in 2019. So as we begin to consider this choice between purpose and and prosperity, I, I want to ask you, uh, or I want you to ask yourself a question. How do you define success? How do you define success? Because how you define success will tell you a lot about what drives you in your life. A, a person whose life is driven by pursuing their own prosperity defines success as any activity that is going to make them more prosperous. And so they spend their lives seeking after those things. All right, so the, you know, the next way to get healthier, the next way to make more money, the next way to gain more influence, the next way to amass more or, or better possessions, you know, this constant desire for these things in hopes that, that they will bring them the kind of fulfillment in life that they crave, but they never find it. And on the other hand, a person whose life is driven by pursuing God's purpose for their lives defines success as faithfulness in pursuing that purpose, even if it's at the expense of their prosperity. So that means no matter what a person's earthly circumstances may be, or what season of life they're in, or how big or small the work God has called them to, as long as they can lay their head on their pillow at night, knowing that they were faithful in doing what the Lord required of them that day, they're satisfied. And in that satisfaction, they're able to experience the love, joy, hope, and peace that can only be found in the new life that Christ offers us. So as we consider what drives us in our own lives, I'd like us to, to take a look at Hebrews chapter 11, which, which gives us concrete examples of what it looks like to pursue God's purpose for your life. Um, so let's go ahead and, and open up our Bibles uh, to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, if you have your Bible with you. Um, if you don't, you have them in your pews in front of you, or you can uh, use it on your smartphone. If you do use it on your smartphone, go ahead and check into Facebook. Let people know that you're here worshiping with us this morning. It's just a great way uh, to kind of share with people uh, where your church home is and uh, raise awareness about uh, Armstrong um, in our ministries here. So 
Uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and dive into uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 11. Um, you know, we don't know a whole lot about uh, the background of the letter to the Hebrews, uh, but we do know a, a couple of things. Um, it, it was written by someone, uh, somewhere, sometime to, guess who? The Hebrews. Captain Obvious, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, which Hebrews? We, we don't know. Uh, we really, we don't know a lot uh, about this letter. Uh, but from, from the looks of the letter, they, they, uh, the audience had a working knowledge of the Old Testament, um, and the letter seems to be less of a letter and more of a sermon uh, to an early church with a strong Jewish background. Uh, so from here on out, we're, we're going to refer to the author of the letter to the Hebrews as the preacher, since this is likely a sermon. Uh, and it seems that the preacher wrote this sermon uh, to bolster a church that was growing weary, weary of ministry, weary of each other, and, and weary of, of faith in general. Uh, you know, they were on the verge of, of just hanging up this whole church thing altogether and calling it quits. So uh, one of the, the preacher's goals in this sermon is to prove to the Hebrews the value of faith. Be, because if his church could realize how much of a gift from God that faith is, they might have hope of turning things around. So, so what is faith. Uh, verse 1 of, of Hebrews 11 tells us that faith consists of two things. And, and actually, faith consists of a whole lot more than, than the two things the preacher lists in verse 1. But he chooses to focus on these two. Uh, so that's what we're going to do as well. The, the preacher begins in, in verse 1 that, that faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see see. So, so the word for, for confidence in Greek is hypostasis, which means the very substance of something. So faith is, is the very substance of what we hope for. A pastor and commentator Tom Long describes faith as, as possessing in the present what God has promised for, for the future. And I, I really like that definition. Faith is possessing in the present what God has promised for the future. You know, this inward confidence that despite any evidence around us to the contrary, Jesus is still on the throne and God's promises are still true. So that means when, when you're living paycheck to paycheck and the transmission goes out on your car, Jesus is still on the throne and God's promises are still true. That, that means when you get a call from the doctor with more bad news, Jesus is still on the throne and God's promises are still true. That, that means when your relationship with your spouse is on the rocks and you need to fix it and turn it around, Jesus is still on the throne and God's promises are still true. Having that kind of faith means that you can weather any circumstance that life throws at you because you possess an inward confidence in God's promises. And, and along with that inward confidence comes an outward conduct to match it. You know, having this kind of faith means that, that you make choices in accordance to God's purpose instead of your own prosperity. And, and here's where you might start to think, but, but Pastor, you know, I'm not really sure what God's purpose for my life is. Um, and even if I did or, or, or th thought I could, I'm not really sure how to find it. 
Um, you know, some of us might, might think that God has this one big purpose for our lives and that if we, we, we have to work really hard to discover what that one big thing is and if we don't, then we've somehow failed. But that's not quite how it works. Um, so I'm, I'm going to tell you how to discover God's purpose for your life. Simply humble yourself before God and ask, God, how can I serve you today? And then do it. That's it. That's all there is to it. Just say, God, how can I serve you today? And then do it. Finding God's purpose for your life is as simple as just humbly seeking to serve God in whatever ways you can, wherever God has placed you, with whatever gifts he has given you. All right? I'm going to say that one more time. Finding God's purpose for your life is as simple as humbly seeking to serve God in whatever ways you can, wherever God has placed you, with whatever gifts he has given you. That's it. One of the effects of, of pursuing God's purpose for your life is that it will begin to have implications on every other area of your life. Pursuing God's purpose, uh, it might sound kind of lofty and spiritual at first, but it's actually very practical. Um, here's one small way it's played out on a practical level in my, my own life. Uh, you know, at the beginning of my sermon, I mentioned I started working out around November of 2017 and kind of joked about people who made New Year's resolutions to work out only to fail at keeping it a few weeks later. But I'll be the first to tell you that before November 2017, I was one of those people. You know, I, I wanted to be in better shape just like everybody else, but to that point, I, I just hadn't really been able to stick with it. So what changed in November 2017 that caused me to finally start exercising and stick with it? I had a realization about the larger choice I was making about pursuing God's purpose for my life. I realized that in order to fully live into God's purpose for my life, I needed to make a change in my habits. You know, God laid it on my heart that if, that if I did not start adopting healthier eating, sleeping, and exercise habits, that I would never be able to be the kind of husband my wife deserves, the kind of father my children deserve, or the kind of pastor this church deserves. You know, the way I was living before, somebody was always getting the short end of the stick because I simply didn't have enough energy to go around. And that, that someone was usually my family. So God laid it on my heart that I needed to adopt healthier habits so I could more fully live into his purpose for my life, not just as a pastor, but also as a husband and a father. And sure, you know, I've fallen off the wagon a couple of times and still do very much enjoy a slice of pizza uh, from time to time. Uh, but I know now that in order to faithfully live into God's purpose for my life, I have to be intentional about my eating, sleeping, and exercise habits. So, it, you know, it wasn't until I recognized the bigger choice that I was making about pursuing God's purpose for my life that I was able to, to make a lasting change to some of the smaller choices that I was making about my health. See how that kind of works? And, and so that's just one small example of, of one small area of life that, that God might be calling you to examine coming into this new year. Uh, and of course, with things like your, your health or your finances, your relationships, you, know, you might begin to see results right away when you start making changes to them, and that's great. But pursuing God's purpose becomes a whole lot more difficult when you can't see immediate results 
or, or any sort of apparent benefit at all for doing it. Uh, and that's actually what our passage for this morning is concerned with. You see, the preacher in Hebrews uses the example of Moses, uh, who made a, a very clear choice between purpose and prosperity in his life. Verses 24 through 26 tell us that Moses had every opportunity to pursue prosperity. Now, the preacher says that, that Moses, even though he was adopted into royalty in Egypt, by faith chose to identify with his own people who were in slavery to the Egyptians over the benefits of being royalty. So, so Moses could have had anything he wanted. You know, prosperity was at his fingertips because he was part of the royal family, but instead, as verse 25 says, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin that were at his fingertips. That's a big choice. And why? Verse 26 tells us. Because he was looking ahead to his reward, which was not in this life. Because of the faith that God had given him, Moses knew that, that there was nothing of eternal significance to be had in a life of prosperity. So he traded it for a life of purpose. God's purpose for Moses was to lead God's people out of Egypt and to the land that he had promised to Moses' forefathers. And Moses, at great personal expense, chose to pursue that purpose. He laid aside everything for a life of pursuing God's purpose with no apparent benefit to himself, at least here and now. He sacrificed everything because Moses had faith that this world was not his home. Rather, Moses' home was in God's presence. And wherever the presence of the Lord was, that's where Moses wanted to be as well. And you know what? Moses never reached the promised land. He never saw God's promise fulfilled. But whether or not he reached the promised land was irrelevant. Because Moses knew that even still, he had been successful in God's eyes. He had faithfully pursued God's purpose for his life. And that was enough. Today, God calls us to do the same. To lay aside our pursuit of prosperity and trade it for a pursuit of purpose. You know, there might be something that, that God is, is calling you to do this year that's, that's going to be of great cost to you. you know, maybe in terms of, of time, energy, money, or even all three. And, and you may never personally see a return on it. But having faith means that even when you don't see the kind of results that you might hope to see, you still trust that God is working and faithfully continue to follow where God is leading you. And this is what the, the first verse of chapter 11 is talking about when it defines faith as assurance about what we do not see. Faith is belief in a reality beyond what is right in front of your face. Now that's what the Apostle Paul says, or is talking about when he tells us to, to walk by faith and not by sight in 2 Corinthians 4.18. As we think about what it means to pursue God's purpose for our lives and, and to have the, the kind of faith that Hebrews 11 talks about, 
Um, I, I just came across an example of a person who chose to trade prosperity for purpose. Um, her name is Ludmila, and she lives in the Czech Republic. And uh, it was a video that I saw last Sunday at a United Methodist Church in Florida uh, while my, my family was, was on vacation. And uh, this woman is uh, well into her 80s. She lives in the Czech Republic, which is one of the most atheist nations in Europe. And her house is known as the Embassy of the Kingdom of God. And anyone is welcome in her house. And so this video showed people just walking up to her door, ringing the doorbell, and she would welcome them in with open arms, and they could sit, and she'd have, you know, a, a cup of tea or some food for them, and they could just talk and pray together, laugh together, cry together, and she was just present for whoever needed her, and anyone was welcome in her house. So that, I, I think that alone goes to show that pursuing God's purpose for your life doesn't have a, a, a time limit. It doesn't have a time span. God always has a purpose for all of us to pursue, regardless of what season of life we find ourselves in, regardless of whether it's a big way or a small way. In Ludmilla's case, this, this was a relatively small thing that she was doing that was having a huge impact. It wasn't flashy. It was, she wasn't out in front of a bunch of people, but she was just faithfully serving God in the way that God had put on her heart to do. And so that's what it means to pursue God's purpose for our lives. It's to just humbly submit ourselves to God and ask God, God, what would you have for me today? And then do that thing. So that said, in what ways is, is God calling you to choose purpose over prosperity this year? You know, in what ways is, is God calling you to set aside your pursuit of your personal well-being for the sake of others so that God's love might be made known to the people He puts in your path. Let's pray that God grants us the kind of faith to do just that. A faith that is rooted in confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Let's pray about that. God, as we come into this new year and we are faced with this challenging and encouraging word from the, the letter to the Hebrews, Lord, I pray that you would cause each of us to search our own hearts and to simply ask you in what ways you are calling us to serve you. God, I, I thank you for encouraging stories like Ludmila, uh, who is serving you uh, in, in a small way that is having a huge impact for your kingdom, simply opening her home. And so, Lord, show us those simple ways that we can serve you that, that will make an impact for your kingdom, that will help others to experience the love of Jesus in their own lives. Lord, help us to find the purpose that you have for us today, the ways in which you are, are calling us to, to step out and to use the gifts that you have given us for the sake of your kingdom. Uh, in, in both big and small ways, in whatever season, season of life we find ourselves in, Lord, help us to discover the purpose that you have for each of us today. We thank you that, that we get the privilege of, of being 
a small part of a much larger story that you are writing. And so just show us what part you would have us to play in that story today. And we pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. And we all said, Amen.